it was different. I could tell immediately. It wasn't, it wasn't as if it had never happened. Oh, it happened. But as soon as I woke up from them removing that tumor in the surgery, life was different. Friends, that's what it will be like when you and I are resurrected. We will know our pain, and yet we will know our pain no more. One day, we will no longer lower humans into the grave. One day, we will bury death in the grave forever. And you and I will step on that grave. Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's word to be empowered and challenged today. We are finishing our series today, following Jesus with our bodies. Uh, We have been talking about what we are as human beings with bodies, and today we will look at what we will be when Christ returns and we as Christians are resurrected. We're going to be looking at resurrected bodies. Uh, Resurrected bodies, you, but not you. And resurrection is key to Christian belief. It's at the very core of what we believe as Christians. Occasionally I'll get asked to talk or pray at a city gathering. And about four or five years ago, I got a chance to be part of a day of prayer. And I didn't really know what I was getting into, but sometimes I just like to go and step in and see what happens. And sometimes there's Christians that are praying, and sometimes there are people who come from more of a Muslim background, or occasionally there'll be a rabbi there. And, uh, and I come as a representative of Jesus, right? And so this guy who was a Christian pastor got up and gave this great prayer because it was like the day after Easter. And he prayed about how beautiful the resurrection of Jesus was and how that gives us so much hope. And then I think he felt uncomfortable because at the very end of his prayer, right after he said amen, he looked at all the people who didn't believe what he believed about the resurrection and he said this, well, we all believe the same thing. I was like, wait a minute, man, you just gave this beautiful uh, case for the resurrection and then you just kind of bulldozed it over by saying we all believe the same thing. We actually don't believe the same thing, but that doesn't mean we have to be mean to each other. That means there's room for healthy debates with people from other religions about what we believe about the resurrection. Christians believe that decay and the death of our bodies is normal, but it's not natural. What I mean by that is that God did not create our bodies to die. It was once we sinned and rebelled against God that death and decay entered our bodies. That was not our natural state, but now it is normal for human beings to die. But when Jesus died on the cross, he defeated sin. And when he was put in the tomb and rose on the third day, he defeated sin and death forever. And now in him, we have the victory of resurrection. So when we die, we do go to heaven to be with Jesus. That's what theologians call the intermediate state. In other words, it's not the final state of our bodies, it's the intermediate state of our bodies. That's what Philippians 1.23 says. Paul writes, I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. And what he's saying is to be with Christ as a soul 
in heaven is better than suffering here on earth in our body. But that's not the final state for a Christian. One day Christ will return and raise our dead bodies from the grave and our souls will be reunited with our bodies and we will live resurrected with the resurrected Jesus forever. And that is the best. That's the best. Many people think when we talk about the resurrection that it is some kind of blind belief. Like this is some sort of mythology that we're talking about. We're just making stuff up or someone made something up about Jesus. But the exact opposite's actually true. There is a lot of evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes, For I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then listen to this. And then he appeared as a resurrected Lord. He appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of who are still alive. You can go talk to these people who have seen Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. Most of these people were still alive, although some have fallen asleep. And then Paul goes on to say he also appeared to James, then all the apostles, and then he appeared to Paul himself. And so Paul is saying, listen, this is a historical event we're talking about with eyewitnesses, with 500 plus eyewitnesses. There is evidence, he's writing to the people at Corinthian, that the resurrection happened. But if Jesus is resurrected and one day we will be resurrected, what are our resurrected bodies going to be like? That's our question for today. Jordan is going to come forward and read some scripture. Luke 24, beginning in verse 36. As they were saying these things, he himself, this is the resurrected Lord, stood in their midst. He said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. Why are you troubled, he asked them. And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see I have. Having said this, he showed them his hands and feet. But while they were amazed and in disbelief because of their joy, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? So they gave him a piece of a broiled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 35. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? What kind of body will they have when they come? Philippians 3.21. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. First John chapter 3, beginning verse 2. Dear friends, we are God's children's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. Matthew 22, beginning in verse 30. For in the resurrection they, are neither mar- they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but they are like angels in heaven. John chapter 5, 28, a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good things to the resurrection of life, 
but those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of condemnation. And back in verse, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the last enemy to be abolished is death. When this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal body is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Thanks be to God. Amen. God be with the preaching of your word now. The other night, we watched Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And uh, if you've seen Captain America, you know his story. He starts off kind of scrawny. He starts off real scrawny. And then through some supernatural freak chemical thing, he's not so scrawny anymore. He becomes Captain America. And in the movie we watched the other night, he was thinking back to what he used to be like. Uh, he now is buff and somewhat invincible and knows how to fight the bad guys, but he was thinking back to what his body was like before that transformation. Uh, we're in a similar place, except we're not looking back to how we used to be. We are how we used to be, and we're looking forward wondering what it will be like, what our bodies will be like. That's why Paul says, some ask, what will the resurrection body be like? And we don't have a lot of details. We do have broad brushstrokes. For instance, in 1 John 3, 2, what Jordan says is, what we will be has not yet been revealed. We do not know. But we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. Our resurrected bodies will be like Jesus' resurrected body. And that means that the resurrected you will be you, but you will not be the same you. That's what we're going to talk about today, how the resurrected you will be you, but it will not be the same you. First of all, let's talk about how the resurrected you will be you. In Luke 24, the text that we just read, uh, Jesus shows up as the resurrected Lord. He shows up to his disciples. He has defeated death. He has come out of the grave. And by how he appears, we can learn something about who we will be. First of all, Jesus is a physical human, not a floating ghost. Jesus is a physical human creature with a body, not a floating spirit. In the text it says he has flesh and he has bones. He is recognizable by his disciples. In fact, he is a man. He doesn't stop being a man. The image of God is being a man and a woman, and the image of God, us being men and women, continues into eternity. So he is not only flesh and bones, he is not only recognizable, but he is a man that eats. He eats fish. Friends, 
you will be you. You will be a physical human being, not a floating ghost. You will be flesh and bones. You will be recognizable. If you are a man, you will be a man. If you are a woman, you'll be a woman, and you will get to eat. In fact, in the book of Revelation, we see that eternity includes feasting on some of the best food that you've ever tasted. Come on, someone say amen. All right. It's like, did they not hear me? Is the microphone not working? The resurrected you will be you. You will be a physical human being, not a floating ghost. What that also means is that your humanity will be healed, but not forgotten. There is this idea that like once we go into eternity, we don't remember anything about our lives here on earth. And we don't really see that in the picture that we have of Jesus from Luke 24 because one of the first things that he says is, look at the scars on my hand. The healed scars, but they are still scars. He knows his story of pain and suffering, yet that story of pain and suffering is no more. When we look at Revelation 21, you and I enter into the new heavens and the new earth crying because of the pain and suffering that we've experienced, but our tears being wiped from our eyes by God. You and I will continue to have our human stories, not forgetting them, but having those stories be healed by God, including the suffering in your bodies. The the suffering in your bodies is not the final word on your bodies now. One day they will be healed. About four or five years ago, actually when we first moved down here, Virginia started having this pain in her hip. And it was, got more intense and more intense and more intense. And we spent about a year just trying to diagnose it. And those were some of the hardest years for us. Finally, we figured out that she had a benign tumor growing in a nerve in her hip. And her days were mostly just pushing through the pain, trying to make it minute by minute. Finally, we got it diagnosed, and the doctor said, we know what it is, but unfortunately, the tumor's not big enough. We need to wait six more months for it to grow bigger so that we can do surgery on it. Some of you are scowling, and you should be. (laughs) It was not fun for her, and it was not fun for us, but then the day of the surgery came. It was actually in March, I think in 2017, and we went down to the University of Miami, and She went back into the surgery, and then as soon as the surgery was over, I went into the room, and she said, as soon as my eyes opened, it was different. I could tell immediately. It wasn't wasn't as if it had never happened. Oh, it happened. But as soon as I woke up from them removing that tumor in the surgery, life was different. Friends, that's what it will be like when you and I are resurrected. We will know our pain, and yet we will know our pain no more. Jesus will return, and he will give us resurrection bodies, and the resurrection, you will be you. And you will be relationally connected. I think one of the fears that introverts have about eternity is like, do I have to talk to everybody up there? Like, do I have to know everybody and talk to everybody? Or, or you know, am I going to continue to have those relationships that I built here on earth in the new heavens and the new earth? Well, who does Jesus go to first when he's resurrected? 
He doesn't go to everybody. He goes to his people. He goes to those people closest to him. He doesn't go and make all new friends. He goes to the ones that he loves and that were loyal to him. And you too will see your loved ones and get to be with your loved ones when you're resurrected in the new heavens and the new earth. And that's really good news for those of us who have lost loved ones and know that they are with Jesus now but long to see them. We don't have to worry that when we step into the new heavens and the new earth, all of a sudden everything is forgotten. No, friends, uh, relationships matter, and we will be connected with those who we were connected with on earth. The resurrected you will be you, but it won't be the same you. The resurrected you won't be the same you because Jesus' body changed. He went from mortal, one who could die on the cross for our sins, to immortal, living forever, defeating the grave. And you and I are united to Jesus, not just in our hearts and spirits, but our bodies are one with him. That means that relationally we are so connected to Jesus that what happens to him in his body will happen to us. As he is resurrected, so one day he will resurrect us. As his body was changed, so he will change our bodies. That's what, first, that's what Philippians 3.21 says. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body. Stuart Rook says, our bodies are eternal realities. Eternal realities. It's hard to even think about. But Paul does a good job of comparing what our bodies are like now and what they will be. He does that in Philippians 3 as well as 1 Corinthians 15. He says that our bodies are humble. You ever look at yourself in the mirror and just go, eh. (laughs) Our bodies are humble. Not only that, our bodies are corruptible. Our bodies are corruptible. They are corruptible by sin. Sin is in our DNA so that there is something in us that still has this inkling to do the things that God doesn't want us to do. They are corrupted. Not only that, but they are dishonorable, meaning that you and I will die. Bad news, guys. Everyone in here who is human, which should be all of you, has an expiration date. And we are weak. You know, as I get older and older, I have to do more and more just to kind of keep my body average. It takes a lot of work. It gets weaker and weaker. And it is natural. Natural. Uh, But then Paul says that our bodies will transform from humbleness to glory, to glorious. We will be like Jesus in that Our bodies will no longer be corrupted by sin. They will no longer decay. And we will be like Jesus in his glory living forever. Our bodies will be powerful and spiritual. Notice that spiritual doesn't mean without a body. It means that the power of the Holy Spirit will be in our body. Because the Holy Spirit will prepare our body 
to live in a world that is both physical and spiritual, what the Bible calls the new heavens and the new earth, where sin is banished forever, and there are no more graveyards and no more war and no more barbed wire keeping people out of places or keeping people in places, and there are no more lawsuits, but only the glory of Jesus. Nancy Piercy puts it this way. She says, Jesus' resurrection is an eloquent affirmation of creation. It implies that this broken world will be fixed in the end. God's creation will be restored, and you and I will live in that renewed creation in renewed bodies. At the end of the great drama, we will not be floating around in heaven as wispy, filmy, gossamer spirits. Rather, we will have physical feet firmly planted on a renewed physical earth. The Bible teaches an astonishingly high view of the physical world. Many Christians don't understand their own resurrected body, what's coming, because they don't understand that Jesus isn't just going to blow everything up and then we'll live in heaven, but rather he is going to make all things new and rejoin heaven to earth. Not all new things, but all things new. He will restore the creation so it is no longer corruptible to sin and decay and death, and your body will be touched by Jesus Christ so that you can live incorruptibly in that incorruptible new heavens and new earth. It's good news. And that experience, while we will know each other, like I'll remember you and you'll remember me, there also will be so much relational intimacy. One, because just sin won't be present. We won't have our pride, we won't have our jealousy, we won't have our anger, we won't feel the need to get revenge, but also we will be with Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that when we in our resurrected bodies are one with Jesus physically forever, it is like a wedding. Jesus and his people forever celebrating his resurrection, forever celebrating that Jesus is king. That's one of the reasons why in Matthew 22, Jesus says in the resurrection, there won't be marriage. Now, I told my wife that once, and she kind of got a little frustrated with me. I was like, look, it's Jesus, not me. I I mean, we're going to be friends, but in the resurrection, we won't be married because we will all be married to Jesus. And here's the weird thing. In the resurrection, I'll actually know my wife better than I do now. And you'll know your spouse better. And you'll know your friends better. He comes back for his church. And it's hard to imagine. But you won't be the same you. Because you will be living in a new heavens and a new earth with a resurrected body in the presence of Jesus Christ forever. And that knowledge of the resurrection should shape you now. The resurrection The resurrected you shapes the now you. And here's a couple ways that it does. First of all, it gives you perspective. Now, Jesus himself teaches in John 5 that everyone will be resurrected. Believers, those who follow Christ, will be resurrected unto eternal life with Jesus, but those who do not follow Jesus will be resurrected unto eternal judgment. 
In other words, resurrected physically to be separated from God forever. What that means is your body, your life now is not ultimately what matters for eternity. Have you made a decision to give your life to Christ? What you see now is not what will last for eternity. And if you give your life to Jesus now, you will live with him forever. (laughs) That is meant to give us incredible hope. I remember the first time I went to a graveyard as a kid. I've never been there before. I've never been to a graveyard before. And, um, like, as a kid, your parents are just trying to keep you under control in a graveyard. You don't get the solemnness of it at first. But I remember one rule in a graveyard, and I learned the rule because I broke the rule. Do you know what the rule is? Don't step on a grave. Yeah. And I did it, and my parents were like, hey, 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 you can't do that. And I was like, it's just concrete. And they, no, 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 no. You've got to honor the person who has passed away. Oh, and then it began to sink in. And then, of course, I started yelling at my sister for doing it. Don't do that. <laughs> but but here's, the, here's the image I want you to have. One day, we will no longer lower humans into the grave. One day, we will bury death in the grave forever. And you and I will step on that grave. And we will dance on that grave. And we will say what Paul says here. In 1 Corinthians 15, 54, he says, When this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal body is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory, where death is your sting. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, the hope of the resurrection in this broken world, in the threat of war, as your bodies break down, coming out of a COVID pandemic, you list it. In the midst of that, the resurrection is meant to give you hope and perseverance as you follow Jesus with your body. Paul ends that passage by saying, therefore. And you know, whenever there's a therefore, you have to ask what the therefore is there for. The therefore means everything that we've just said about the resurrection of your body. Because of the resurrection of your body, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast as you follow Jesus. Be immovable as you follow Jesus always excelling in the Lord's work as you follow Jesus because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. One day you will be resurrected from the dead and you and I will live with Jesus forever. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we worship you and we thank you for what you've done for us. We love you, we praise you, we thank you. We long to know you. We long to follow you more deeply with our bodies. 
in view of your mercy to us. Help us to offer our bodies to you as a living sacrifice. Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcast. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week.